This is Justin Smith of Palmetto Coast Exotics. And this is Jacob Ross with Longley Fertilia, and you are listening to the Herpeticulture Podcast, which is part of the Herpeticulture Network. Enjoy. Can you hear me? Uh, yes. Can you hear me? I can. Cool. Turn that camera just a little bit. Okay. Let me turn. Let me turn the light down. Yeah. Stop making me look so ghostly. Uh, I always have why problems. Why do I have to turn on my GPS to change the light? A GPS. Like yeah. It's like you have to turn on your location. I did that. Quit. Because uh, China wants to know what you're doing. What's up, Billy Jenkins? Billy, Billy, Billy. It's already turned way down. Is it? I'm just so ghostly. Is that better? Yeah, it's better. It's fine. Doesn't matter. If it's a white light, it's going to just illuminate yeah, yeah. off my pearly okay. white skin. Okay, here we are. Okay, doing a little something, something a little different. THP, we're live this this week. Didn't you hear This week. This week. Can you help me? What? With what? Can you plug this into that black thing right there? <sighs> Teamwork. Gotta charge my phone. Thank you, thank you. So this um, three days ago, the thirteenth. <sighs> Marked the five-year anniversary of this guy here putting up with me. More like you putting up with me. You gotta switch us around. Uh, this so has been our our five-year bromance. There we go. There we go. It's much better now. I can look at you. I still need to write Streamyard and be like, please, if I have an extra camera, let me put a name on it and not. Like, yeah, because now no it's sense. it's just Smitty. There's no Jake. There's no long toe. No long toe, he said. <laughs> yeah, so we figured we'd do this live. It's just going to be a one-on-one um, talking about reflecting on half a decade of... Oh, God, don't put it like that. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> half a decade of... Uh, I don't know what the fuckery. Uh, I don't know. We were children. We were but boys. Now we are men. Yes. You know what's funny? You were younger than I am now when we started this. Wait, what? You're you were younger than I am now when we started the show. I was twenty seven when we started. You're thirty two? Yeah. Oh, I thought you were thirty. Well, I'm 27, so. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, first of all, this episode is brought to you by yeah. blackboxcages.com. Check them out. Facebook, Instagram, uh, hit them up. Use code THN at checkout and get a little bit shaved off the top. Hey, if you, if you use racks, wonderful. They make them. They make really good ones. They make amazing. If you use cages and you despise racks, guess what? They make those too. So. Go take a look. Top quality stuff. We love it. You will too. You will not be disappointed. 
and then Steve Snakeshray and his Venom Hot Sauce. So we also have to shout out Steve, who's been with us pretty much since not like very early on. Yeah, he was, was, he need was to go back and actually look at what episode it was that we were he, sort of like he wasn't. Out, but, yeah, he wasn't our first sponsor because I know Fish had sponsored us for a while. I believe they were our first ones. Um, but then Steve was shortly after we did his hot sauce review thing when our his taste testing while you're still in with Doug. Um, yeah, so, I mean the whole podcast started when we were welcome with Doug because we right. were doing the kitchen table. Yeah, and I feel bad because he got a brand new table, and we scratched it oh. with all the equipment oh. and the mic stands and everything else. I thought you were going to say he got a new table because we fucked no, up his old no. one. Oh, okay, we messed up the new one. That sucks. Steve's been around for a long, long time. Yeah. Um, in terms of you know THP and THN and all that stuff, so it's awesome. We really appreciate it. Jake is drinking some good old horse piss. Got the Ronies. <clears throat> and actually, so I had a customer at work bring me one of these. It's prime. He gave me the watermelon strawberry flavor earlier, and it is life-changing. So now I'm going to try the tropical punch because now I'm booked. Hmm. But nice. No sugar, all that good stuff. It's got calcium in it, four percent of your daily value. So my, that means you can give it to your lab. I'm geckos. not getting that soggy bone disease. It's got calcium in it. Drench your crickets in it and throw it to your geckos. Five years, buddy. Yeah, it's hard to it's hard to fathom. I was barely of drinking age when we started this. Oh damn, that's good. <laughs> it's a crisp. Oh man, crispy. My only regret is that the cans aren't bigger. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, it's been a it's been a long road, man. Had a lot of good episodes. We've had a lot of shaky episodes, but it's been a it's been it's a long, been good. I think it's overall, been a long, long go. It's been great. It's been yeah, no, I've net positive. Truly enjoyed uh, it, even though I was on a hiatus for quite a yes, while. It's five years for me. It's only like four for you. Tech. It's five years of THP. Can we put it like that? I mean, come on. Mess with me. Come on. See, that's the thing. Is like, do I say it's five years of THP? Or do I say it's five years of THN? Because they're well, kind th of... they're together, but THN hasn't been going for five years. I mean, I guess technically it would be both. Hmm. I don't know. Either way, either way you can. Whatever you can't. Would you know what came first, the chicken or the egg? Does that mean we're the chickens? I don't know. We might be the egg. Oh, uh, yeah. Regardless, um, earlier after I got off work, I you know I went back and listened to like the very first episode. And I, I jotted down some notes, some funny observations. And then we had I had some people sort of chime in with what they wanted us to, to talk about or mention. Um Somebody threw out an idea. One of the first ones is, why doesn't Jake know what Stromboli is? Oh, my God. Which is fair. Are we still talking about that? Yeah. You make one. I've made a lot of mistakes on this podcast. I've said a lot of really dumb things. And I don't think that's high on the list of dumb things I've said. 
personally. I do want to know how you don't know what's Strombo. I don't. I'm not big on. I don't know Italian foods, man. Like for your second job. Yes. Okay. I make. <laughs> I serve Italian food. I make and I Stromboli. Make, that doesn't I mean don't, I don't. No, is. I don't. Th- I genuinely don't think we have Stromboli at the restaurant. So, because I've literally never heard that ordered, and I serve on Mondays, and nobody has ever ordered Stromboli. I'm still not completely sure what it is, but so let me bring up why I had to charge my phone because I have a uh, whole laundry list of stuff. I will say something that somebody threw out that I thought would have been a cool idea, like for the intro of this episode to be like all of our old intros. Yeah. Like we'll kind of one at the first one, second one, third one, because we change the intro It'd normally like every year. Five It'd, minutes. Yeah, it'd be kind of long. Because <laughs> they're usually yeah. like 30, 45 seconds long. <laughs> But it has, yeah. it's funny like to go back and listen to the very first intro on that very first episode. I got to like, go back and listen to that. I started listening to the second episode too. And I, it's just a lot's changed at the same time. Very yeah. little has changed. So, uh, <laughs> first thing that I have yeah. written down that made me giggle uh, is you said you wanted to get into Condros when we were like, what projects are we wanting to get into? You were like, I really want to get into Condros. I did. You did. And then I said, I, you know, I want to do scrubs. You said you wanted I to do scrubs. I wanted to do scrubs. <laughs> and so I laughed. Oh, man. It was like, neither of those things happened. No. No. But you were like, you were like, yeah, man, I really want some Condros. And like, because <clears throat> uh, you had the, the bloods and stuff at the time. Um, did I have the bloods all the way back then? Yeah. Yeah, I guess yeah. I got, yeah, I got the bloods like before we started the show, technically. Uh, and then I wrote down a note that says our balls must have dropped because our voices are deeper. It's because we're yours was mine. I don't feel like it's changed a ton. So mine's deeper now, whatever that means. Take it. You said mine's deeper now. It's not. Yeah. You sounded way younger. I mean, I was Not really, but way a, younger, but I was, you know, but a boy. Um, but. I had the same outlook on the social media side of the Condro community. So nothing's <laughs> changed there. Nothing's changed there. I mean, that was kind of an easy one. But. Um, and then we can get into sort of the laundry list. That was just a few things that just kind of made me laugh because it was like Jake yeah. was you really were like sounding pretty hardcore about Condros and wanting to pursue them and I don't remember that. It happened. It was real. I don't believe you. Um, I'm gonna have to go back and listen to that. Pull it up. I don't have any way of like sharing the audio, I don't think. I don't know. Insert Maybe clip, I do. Insert clip here. Wait, you mean like like live? That's a video file. I don't see us being able to do that. I think there is a way to do it. I just don't. Yeah. I don't know how to like share the audio necessarily. So whatever. Um, doesn't matter. Wasn't prepared for this at all. So No. No, we're well, not. a little bit. You didn't even know I was coming over here tonight. That's on me. I wasn't that's sure. On, that's on me, though. You know, I come over for the one-on-ones, man. One-on-ones are awkward if I'm on the phone. Can't be doing that. 
what's Keller saying? Been listening to y'all since almost the beginning. And all Smitty does is badmouth me on podcasts. <laughs> oh, that speaking of Jason Keller. <laughs> speaking of that guy. Here's a question submitted by him himself. Okay. Uh, why you such a bitch when it comes to Kings? <laughs> um, I think the simple answer to that is because you a bitch. He says that because the, the raffle demon, king, the demon seed he's saying, my house has been cleansed of the unholy spirit that was that little Newport albino cow king. And Brendan is right. You do deserve every second of it, Keller. So, Cal King and one of the Thornscrub babies is actually now residing in Michigan. Um, it was one in the raffle, and they got shipped out yesterday and arrived today. So, they're they're in a, a happier place, I'm sure. Maybe <laughs> it's a much m- much more positive energy. In at that least, at least there was somebody that appreciates them. So that would be about the uh, I mean, you guys already know why I'm a bitch when it comes to kings. They're just they're they're mean. They're not mean, man. <laughs> they're just so untrustworthy and like just I trust kings as much as I trust Rosie Boas, and that's not very much. See? So I still like kings though. I like kings a lot more than Rosie Boas, I can tell you that. So I guess we'll kind of get through the, the the goofy questions and then we'll kind of break down into some of the other ones, but uh, let's see. Here's one for you. Why the fuck Jake bitched out in Morelia? I didn't bitch out in Morelia. That's what not is that? what Cox said. What does that mean? I still have plenty of carpets. Thank you very much. Coxical. That's out. not an answer. There was no bitching out. I just developed a new love, a newfound love, an old love, an old spark, you could say, ignited in my soul. And I really just developed a true love for Colubrids. And I'm not going to lie, um, the massive die-off of carpets I had kind of hurt me on them. Um, you know, just being upfront about it. Um I had a lot of carpets at one time. I think at once I had almost 40. But, um, you know, I had a big... I had a, I had Nido for a while, and, you know, obviously that's out the door now. It's been years since that happened. Um, but I don't know. It took its toll, and it really kind of... I'm not going to say set me up for failure. You know, I didn't fail. You know, it happens, but it just kind of turned me off to having a lot, a lot of pythons. And then I started keeping Calubra and, you know, a small number of Calubrids again. And I just fell in love. You know, I love how active they are. I love how they, you know, just how they are. And they are an old love for me. They're the original snakes for little baby Jake when I was just a wee lot. And, um, yeah, I mean, I cut back on carpets. You know, I sold off. Yeah, you know, really, the only things I sold off were just babies that I produced. Um, so Par said that's because Jake doesn't have the best Morelia. I do have the best Morelia, aka popping carpets. Dude, he's been posting some so, of those jungles lately, and I'm like, do it. 
I mean, I yeah, don't want jungles it. are I don't want jungles it. are cool. If never mind, he's got some really nice ones. <laughs> no, jungles are awesome. Yeah. It's just you know, it's kind of the similar with rat snakes and colubrids. You know, like I really fell in love with popping carpets, and same with the rats. Okay, for really the sake with rat snakes. for old old times' sake, you have to refer to them as papayans the entire show. The entire episode. Yo, it's still fuck you for that. You know, <laughs> I st- <laughs> you did. I said it. I've already defended myself so many man. times. Yeah, well, somebody to wanted to bring it up. Someone said somebody I should go wanted back to bring it up. The number of times you no, said that. don't do that. Don't do that's a terrible idea. You know, you heard me say that so many times, and you didn't even you didn't even give me a chuckle. You didn't give me like the glare of like you're saying it wrong, you fucking idiot. I didn't. You didn't do anything. So I was trying to help you. Did you by not saying anything by letting me look like an idiot? Your feelings. So somebody else couldn't. <laughs> is that what kind of a friend is that? What kind of friend does that? It was not, an accident. It was an accident. <laughs> you knew what you were doing. You knew what you were doing. But look. Macklets, yeah, Macklets, yeah, 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 yeah. Basket of Macklets. Guess what? I still stand by how I say. Yeah, you, you stand by being a friggin' idiot. Macklets. See, that's the difference between me and you. Okay, I say something dumb, somebody corrects me, and I acknowledge it, and I say it correctly. You just stand by your stupidity and own it. I'm saying the word, man. You're not saying the word. You're not. You're not saying the word. You're saying it wrong. Macklets. It's a macklet. Sounds like a fucked up pancake. Whatever. Yeah. Uh, Literally nobody agreed with you on that. That's fine. (laughs) I'm just going to do it to macklets to drive people crazy at this point then. Um, Cox had another, he had a laundry list of questions. So Cox, I guess has been very lonely. Uh, why did (laughs) Justin quietly leave Subok life? That was very quiet of you. Uh, and it's the same reason that I got out of the brettles and stuff is just because I bought too many corn snakes. That was no, that was like that was a I still have the Wild Rose Pear Pass. They're oh, going, you still have they're a pair? going up to Canada here oh, soon well. within the next couple of weeks. So it doesn't even count. Um but yeah, I mean it was just one of those things where it's like I have other stuff going on in terms of projects. I had planned to do subox in terms of pairings and stuff this year, but then just decided that for the sake of space, because I am trying to plan ahead with all the other stuff I have growing out. Um that it just it was one of those things where it's like, you know, I, I Chris sent them to me and I asked Chris if he wanted to back or if he was cool with them going up to Michael Gillen. Speak of the devil. There he is right there in the chat. And Chris said, hey, nope, send them. So they're going up there. And it's one of those things where it's like, I don't I don't not love them. I, you know, I still I still Jake, I still love you, but I'm not in love with you. Whoa, I don't. You didn't have you to know? bring. You didn't have to bring. Okay, that. it's. I just. Was, I love Subox. Eventually, wow. I would like another pair or group when I have more space to dedicate to it. Right. Um, I just decided that right now, in terms of projects and stuff, they are not. 
they were low on the list. They're just yeah, they weren't really priority, and they're, yeah. it's such a nice pair because those Wild Rose Pass, in my opinion, as far as localities go, doesn't get a whole lot better than those. Yeah. Um. So I wanted to, you know, see, you know, uh, Gillen already has a couple Wild Rose Pass animals, so it worked out really well. Um, it's just one of those things where it's like I got I got so many corns and other stuff, and like the Ganyasoma and chondros i just have and bairds you know i have that core group of stuff that i just really am a little more invested in and i don't want that pair to just kind of sit here and sort of just take up space and not get put towards pushing that i feel like you've also i feel like you've also backed off on bairds a little bit not like a lot i know you still have plenty but it seems like you've kind of um there well that was just i did so I had my clutches last year. Well, you say that it was a clutch and then a single egg. Um, had those. I still have one hold back from the Loma Altas. I have my one het hypo. So that one egg that I got from that mm-hmm. one pairing that was that hatched. I have that animal still. And then Michael Gillen, once again, one of those Loma Altas is going up to him. I didn't do that. Okay. <laughs> We can have. There's a debate we can have what right a now. Loser. Eat a pallet and ice cream, eat the chocolate and the vanilla, and leave the strawberry alone like a normal human being. <laughs> That's what everyone's. <laughs> you just said you didn't do it. Damn. Smitty is like. <laughs> Somebody's sleeping on the couch tonight. Flitting from flower to flower. <laughs> no, it's not that. It's it's mad. It's literally like prioritizing. Like I have a lot of yeah. corns. I have some you corns have that I do want to and like have on morph market right now. But it's one of those things where if they don't sell, I'm not that upset about it. Um, Baird's wise, like I said, one of those Loma Altas is going to Gillen. Uh, and then I'm planning to pair. I finally decided that I am going to do my hypo male to the Loma Alta female. I'm just waiting on her to shed, and then he's going in because she's deep in a cycle right now. So. Um, that's going to happen. And it's just, that was another thing where it's, I, everyone here knows what I'm talking about. Like you end up with a lot of stuff and then you kind of look at it and you're like, there's about 40% of this. I really, 30% of this that I really don't is like non-essential. Yeah. Like I have my beards and I have the core group that I want to work with. And like, there was some extraneous stuff that I was like, I don't really have to have you around. Um, and so those were the ones that kind of went. So I feel that I'm doing that now. I'm actually moving a couple animals here in the next few months. Once it warms up, I'm sending a pair of Everglades and that Hernando County corn to bill here at some point. And then the thorn scrubs are moving on. Um, yeah. I mean, Brent, I'm also we just had another, Brendan on Brendan's prime example. Yeah. He's doing the same thing. Yeah. But yeah, because it did get kind of to the point, especially now working a second job, it kind of got to the point where I was like, okay, this is this is a lot. Not by no means moving a lot of animals at all. I guess I just kind of like, I went through it like that once I got into Kluber, just once I was free, you know, I got like just like a lot of different mm-hmm. stuff. And now like I kind of want to focus on my county specific stuff. And I'm mostly moving this stuff because I'm getting another locality of adult yellows at some point. Really? Yes. What locality? Uh, I believe it was Pasco County um, from Jeremy Hicks. He hit me up and asked asked if I would be 
That's cool. interested in them. So I'm going to take them up on that. And that was kind of my sign to go ahead and start trying to move a few extra things. Um, I really do think a lot of that is an age thing, though. I think, like, as you get older, you kind of you settle down in a sense and you start to sort of really seek out what you what you're like, what you're excited about, what you're really, you know, what you want to keep. Yeah. And I think naturally, even on if it's on like a subconscious level, like you part with those things that don't really fit that bill. Right. And for me that, you know, like I said, with subox and stuff like that, it's not that I don't love those snakes because I, that's an awesome species. They're, they're phenomenal. I really do enjoy them. Uh, it's the, it's just the age old thing that I've dealt with for years where it's like, okay, I have space that I could devote to projects that I am vested in, mm-hmm. or I can have these where I don't know if I'm going to breed them. I don't know if I'm going to do, uh, yeah anything with them anytime soon. So it's like I could devote that space to something that, that I am going to be using within the next year or two. Um, yeah. And it's a hard decision to make. It's not easy, but especially with that original group of Bradley, uh that I had, it was, that was really tough. Cause I, I really, that big male, especially man, I yeah. love that snake. That was love that guy. one of my favorite snakes I've ever had like individual wise. So that was a, uh, that was yeah. a tough one, but it, it was one of those ones where it's like you either have this or you move it to sort of achieve goals. Yeah, that's like, you know, and then, you know, that's that's kind of like me with corns. You know, I like the Ladies Island stuff I have from you, but, you know, I decided that Hernando County female, like I was going to have to go find a male and. To me, it really wasn't worth it, you know, I guess. Um, wasn't really a project I wanted to pursue. And, mm-hmm. you know, I'm probably going to end up moving to Buckskins as well, even though those are really nice. They're either going to go to you or Paint Job. Um, even though they're amazing, it's just like, I like yellow rats. I like gray rats. So, less mouths to feed are, is always nice. I mean, if they come here, they won't go anywhere. Yeah, I know that's true. But I'm gonna see if Paint Shop wants them because he gave me a lot of deals on snakes. So gave him first tips. So he's gonna let me know. Then once he lets me know, I'll let you know. Go from there. But you know, keep them in the family. Yeah, keep them in the family. You know, I'm just sending these out because I just need less mouse feed, man. Yeah, and that's that's definitely a a big part of it too for a lot of people like i said for me it's mostly space but yeah doing the rats and stuff now has been a huge relief oh yeah dude i bet i can grab fuzzies and stuff that i need on a regular basis much more consistently than than i could with the mice yeah stuff like that it is more money and it is more work it's not a ton more work it is more. I was say, I'm sure you spend a lot more time there. Um, I mean, the actual like cost because I clean them weekly, so I mean, I'm going through two two bales of that TSC pine pretty much every week. Yeah, like every other week, I'm buying two bales. Usually, once a week, I'm buying one bale because I still have some left over from the previous weekend. Right. Um. So the cost there is definitely definitely doubled. Um. 
but it's it's worked out because they're reproducing like crazy and it's just been it's been good that was a really one of the best decisions i've made in a long time in terms yeah. of like things to to better my collection and um do better you know by the animals that i have so yeah well what else we got on the oh, on the docket had another one uh why doesn't Jake have poison ivy shit despite being so close to the teat? What? Poison ivy? Oh, uh, oh. Yeah, I don't, I tried to get in on some of that blood a while back and, you know, I just never worked out. So I kind of just forgot about it. You know, and I, it's not that I wouldn't have the blood. I absolutely would. But there's also part of me that kind of wanted to make my own really dark pop ones. And I have the potential to do it this year. Um, unfortunately, I don't think it's going to happen. The pair that I put together didn't or didn't really do anything as far as I could tell. Um, the male may end up going back in with her here soon. Um, but I have another female coming up that's really dark. She's still young. And then I still have another really dark F1 male. Um, so we'll see. I'm kind of one of those make my own type of people you know they may not be as good as poison ivy because let's face it nothing will be good as good as poison ivy um but that would be the explanation for that i love dark pop ones as far as pop ones go i love really dark animals and i love really yellow animals um so it's kind of what i focus on i just want to make my own i feel that so I'm not an instant gratification kind of guy. I like to work for it. Uh, who allowed the man named Doc Loafman to control our lives? <laughs> That's a very good question. I mean, why wouldn't you let him control Dude, your life? Dude, with all it's the Alex question. Murdoch things, now I like oh, I've looked at Loafman's name and it's like it's Lothman, Lockman. He says Loafman. Yeah, but like Murdoch is not. Why just okay? Let's go back to the pronunciation thing, okay? Macklets, oh my wrong. Papayans, <laughs> wrong. Murdoch, when it's spelled, but it's Murdoch. M U R D A U G H. Yeah, but they don't say Murdoch. They do. They do. Yes. I thought it was Murdoch. That's what I always thought too. But then everyone and their mom started saying Murdoch. And according, I think I remember Doc Doc Lock. Um, saying at one point that like back in the day, like way back when, Loafman like things with a gh it was pronounced like a hard like c or k. So I guess it can be used either way. I go by however people say their name. Like my name looks like it spells brats. It's not. It's brats. Like the sausage. Billy, you are very right. Southern draw will definitely mess some stuff up. That's how that goes. Uh, a really show. good one that I feel like we could talk about a good bit was uh, from Brenda there in the chat. Uh, how have your collections and husbandry cha changed in the last five years? And like I know we've talked about how much our collections have changed. Yeah, we talked about how much that has a lot. our husbandry changed. I thought it was good. It's interesting because I didn't really. Consider that or think about 
that as much as just the overall shift and what we're yeah. both keeping. I kind of, I'm in a weird like middle from where I started to where I went to where I am. Um, you know, I started a little bit more elaborate when I had very few snakes, you know, I was doing cages, a little bit bigger setups. Then I discovered racks and I was very, very basic. Um, now I'm somewhere kind of in between. I still use racks, you know, a lot. Everybody knows this. I'm moving towards putting up more naturalistic setups, but I'm, you know, I make my tubs as, you know, involved as I can, you know, it being a rack system, I still add perching, lots of hides, you know, humid hides, et cetera, et cetera. So I go that route, but now I'm also moving towards like once animals, I'm of the opinion, like I'm not going to put an animal in a big elaborate setup until it's bigger. Because, you know, I don't remember who we were talking about this recently. Um, but I'm not going to go complete elaborate and huge and big enclosures until they need that. So it's going to be kind of basic basic bob while they grow because they're going to constantly be growing. They're going to be constantly changing enclosures. I don't want to spend money like that. So they're going to stay in tubs. Again, elaborate tubs, but they're going to stay in tubs. And then once they hit that adulthood, they're going to go into a more naturalistic enclosure. Um, so that's kind of how I see it now. It's how I do things. Um, you know, and there was a while there to where it was, you know, again, very beginning was more elaborate change to discovering racks. I went very basic. Um, now it's just kind of somewhere in the middle and I'm very happy with that. You know, I think this is how I will probably keep for a very long time. Um, you know, so, cause I do like more elaborate stuff, especially in my tubs. Because you can do a lot with, you know, a simple black box tub in your rack. Mm -hmm. um, you know, you can add a lot of things to them. So I try to do that for most of my animals. Um, there's a couple right now that I need to redo because they just got moved from quarantine. So they're, I didn't really have time to put some stuff together, but we're working on it. And then once we get our next black, black box pickup, a lot of stuff's going to change when, <laughs> whenever we do that. Um, I'm going to be changing some of the bigger carpets over to taller tubs, make them more elaborate. The rat snakes are going to get more naturalistic stuff. Um, so kind of waiting for that to really do a big push. But have you enclosures. found that you've sort of transitioned to this route as a result of the podcast or is, yeah. do you think it's more so just like seeing what every what other people, like all our friends and stuff, like seeing what they're doing and sort of taking inspiration from, from that kind of thing. Yeah. It's definitely a little bit of everything. Um, I feel like I don't really do what anybody does to a T. Um, I feel like my, the way I do things is kind of unique to me. And I'm okay with that. You know, I, I like how I work things. You know, like I said, it's somewhere kind of in between. So I took a lot of things from a lot of different people and made them kind of my own. Um, so, yeah, it's definitely been a result of the podcast and, you know, all the friends that we have in the community now, seeing how they do stuff. And then, you know, and then vice versa, you know, like I've got people who do stuff similar to me now because of how I've talked about how I do things, you know, it's, it's how we bounce off each other, come up with our own ideas and stuff that works, you know, for us and what we like and what works for us, you know, because you're your own person. You have to do what 
is pleasing to you and what works for your schedule and your room and you know your animals and there's there's a million ways to skin that cat you know to a bunch of different ways you can keep all these animals you know and you know it's kind of whatever works for you we're in such a the the like hobby industry whatever you want to call it we're in a very very bizarre time right now mm. especially on the caging front it seems like as of late within the last like couple weeks there's been this serious sort of resurgence of like racks bad cages good <clears throat> thing and yeah i think that's been going on quite a while it has but it seems like it kind of comes in waves in terms of how yeah. like, extreme people get and things like that and it's just uh it's wild i mean the you know the, i talked about the corn snake groups and stuff a lot lately but <laughs> there's people looking to get literally 120 gallon tanks for like a yearling corn snake and some people saying you know six foot enclosures for <clears throat> for corns and it's like if it's an adult corn and you want to put in a six foot cage go nuts but it's like i just the fact that things have gotten so nutty with this whole uh, subject, um, I was going to say conversation, but I don't really consider it that because it's not. And that's the problem is a lot of these people, it's not a conversation. It's what I'm telling you is fact. And that's that, you know, like for one, baby snakes should not be in that big of an enclosure. It's not going to, it's just not going to go well. If I had the space to put all my rat snakes and corns and, as adults and six foot decked out enclosures, I would do it 100% because that would be awesome, you know, because they would use every bit of it. But it's not practical for a lot of people, you know, and a lot of people kind of want to do what's absolutely necessary, which a six foot enclosure is not absolutely necessary for a corn, you know. But if you want to, that's great. I don't have a problem with it. The problem comes in to where people are like, oh, it needs this. If you're, you're a shit keeper, if you don't do this. You don't care about your animals if you don't put that, you know, three foot corn snake in a six foot enclosure. Like, no, that's just that's wrong. You know, it needs to be a conversation of like, yeah, you can put your three or four foot corn snake in a six foot cage. I'm sure it would love it, you know, but it's not necessary. It's going to love a cage that's three by two just as much or a V70 rack. A lot of people keep adult corns of V70 racks and they are very much healthy so it's that's what annoys me with the whole thing i don't have issues with people going all out for their stuff you know even putting a baby corn snake in a 20 gallon all decked out naturalistic if you can do that it's awesome but is it necessary no it's not i just want to know at what point did it like the the standard or what people stay say should be happening when did that get so outrageous to where it's like, right. I need at least 120 gallons for right. a small, not even sub-adult corn. And it's just like, who, where is this information coming yeah, from? Yeah, who and came up with this? I, I don't know. I know a lot of it sort of comes and is more aimed at like the Paul Python side of things. And yes, I mean, sure, there's breeders out there that, that, keep stuff in racks with you know opaque tubs no light bare minimum like whatever do i agree with it no am i going to tell them that they're 
animal abusers as a result? No. But it's like... There's also this odd distinction um, now where there's, like, if you're not a breeder, you shouldn't be using racks. Which the interesting sort of odd case there is like, okay, so does that mean that if I have a single pair of something and I breed it, like, that now I can use racks? Like, what's, where's the, where are we drawing the line there? Right. I don't, the whole thing, man, it's just gotten crazy. And it's like seeing people freaking out because someone's using a red bulb on a corn snake <laughs> and like i think even aspen now is getting oh come on it, people are getting saying aspen you shouldn't use aspen and it's just like what is what is going on it's just it's gotten wild man it's gotten really like... strange just when you think things can't get any weirder something on the internet comes and proves you wrong and it's uh you know, I, I'm the same way as you, though, in terms of like how things have changed in terms of how I keep stuff. Um, it's it's what I've said for a long time now. Like if a species calls for X, then give it X. If it calls for Y, give it Y. Like I'm not going to keep the Jansen I in a, in, a, in, in a rack. No. Because uh, I don't think it serves them well can they be kept in rack probably no problem uh the male did stay in the rack for a brief period of time while i was getting them switched over um and he did fine like it's just it's all my corns they're in racks to different degrees size tubs um like over time one of the things i have sort of changed is like adding multiple hide options in different places yeah. um changing up food a little bit here and there not as much as i'd like because can't really find any of the things that everyone else can like chicken hearts can't find chicken hearts anyway have you looked for that piggly wiggly yep still can't find them there can't find dude i've called like everywhere huh. in beaver here no one's got them even the the meat market here on the island <laughs> Which I thought was strange. It was like, how do you not have chicken hearts, but you got the chicken? <laughs> what happened to it? Just go rip the hearts out of them. Yeah. Damn it. Brendan said those damn Gen Zers. <laughs> yeah, and it's, uh, I don't, like, yes, we shouldn't be keeping the same way we were 30 years ago. <laughs> like, things have, we've made advancements. But to tell someone that what they're doing doesn't work. When they're breeding a species and it's it's happening and their species is physically and outwardly fine, doing well, it's kind of hard to argue that what they're doing is wrong. Yeah. At the end of the day, until we have some sort of technology that can transport us into their little brains like in the Matrix, uh, we'll never know for sure in terms of like psychological things with these animals and it's like we do the best we can with the information we have it's just one of those things like i'm feeding the animal it's eating it's keeping everything down it's doing great it's holding weight has interest in breeding it's shedding fine that's the thing it's like everything it's... is fine that what we what we can see outwardly yeah. everything is there's no issues if it's shedding shitting and breeding if you're a breeder you're doing something right you know that's like 
Brendan said, I really feel it's just inexperienced and inexperienced and green keepers trying to make a standard that's unrealistic. And I don't think there's anything unrealistic about wanting to do like do what a lot of people are starting to do, at least here in the States now, like cut back on larger collections and do more with a smaller amount. Yeah. You know, and that's that's fine if you want to do that. It's great. It's the problem lies in being like, it's my way or the highway. This is the right way to do it. This is the only way everybody should do it. Cause like, no, it's, that's not true, you know, at all, you know, and I would especially like to hear people, people's reasoning for stuff like the Aspen, you know, like, why do you think Aspen is so bad? Yeah. Like why, you know, I'm not, I wouldn't ask somebody like, why do you want to put your corn snake 120 gallon tank? I know the answer to that. And that's fine. You know, if you want to do that, whatever, I'm not going to stop you, but it's the silly things. Like why is Aspen now a problem? You know, it's it's been used for 30 freaking years. You know, it's not, it's not that dusty. It really isn't. You know, I get the rodent Aspen from freaking PetSmart. It ain't that dusty. I've had dusty stuff where it's like whoosh, a bunch of dust flying up when you put it in there. I don't have that issue. Yeah, and the bigger cage thing, like Brennan said, he says nothing wrong with the bigger cage, sold the other goofy shit. And that's like it just it sucks, man. I yeah. mean, a good example, like I'll I'll use this corn group over and over again because I feel like it's like a case study for what you see in a lot of other places. You know, someone will post a picture of their setup and it'll be, you know, one or two hides, something to climb on, a water bowl, aspen. Pretty normal, right? Pretty standard. Yeah, pretty great. Like, Sounds perfect to me. Instantly, these people jump on them in the comments saying, there's a lot that needs to be worked on here. There's a lot that could be done better. You need to add more clutter. There needs to be at least two more hides on both ends. You need to not use a red bulb. It needs to be a bigger cage. You need at least six inches of substrate. Like, just kind of crazy stuff, and it's it's just... Some of my f- tubs aren't even six inches tall. I feel really, <laughs> I feel for newer people coming into the hobby now that have to ask a simple question that they're just, they're ignorant to. And it's not their fault. They just don't know. Like they're new. Yeah. They're, they're learning these things. They probably, uh, and there is, there's some, there's a level of responsibility on that person to, to research thoroughly. But if you don't know exactly what, thorough research entails or what is required there to fully grasp like they're going to go on google and the first like five things that pop up are probably what they're going to go off of and if that information is not great they're going to be doing it thinking they're doing the right thing and so it's like when these people just absolutely just have fits and that's the problem most of those people now those people aren't going to want to ask questions anymore now they're not going to want to you're going to be afraid that they're going to get crucified like they did the first time, you know, if they ask about, well, I'm feeding, you know, an adult mouse once a week, you know, is my snake fat? And the irony there is, is like people are saying like, no, it's a snake that's morbidly obese. Saw this the other day in that same group, stupid obese. Like that snake is like probably too past the point of no return in terms of size, like really bad. And the same people in that group that chime in and just absolutely roast, people who are using red bulbs are like no that snake looks perfect body tone's great looks fine looks awesome bigger the better and it's like what no man that's... Well, how is that okay but, like someone thing. uses aspen and all of a sudden it's a bad thing it just it's 
what I hate is the people giving that type of advice and saying those type of things are also new people. You know, these aren't, you know, 10 to 20 year vets saying this stuff. It's people who have been keeping a year or less in a lot of cases or very few years, two to three, you know, and they've only kept three animals and those three animals were in the most elaborate cages possible. And it's like, you don't, and again, I don't have a problem with somebody being like, this is what I do, you know, yeah, but if I mean, you don't, if you don't want to do that, then, you know, seek out somebody else, but I'm telling you what I do and what works for me. It's not the Bible, you know, mm -hmm. like it's not, and that's how I approach everything. If somebody asked me how I set up my stuff. I say, this is what I do, but I also give them options of what they can do. This is what I do. This is what really works for me, my collection. If you don't hit these exact parameters, you know, or like your room's different than mine because everybody's room is different, try this. Suggestions you know, they over tell, demand. Yeah, exactly. Like they tell me what their room temperature is like. You know, they ask about this, that, ask them what part of the country they're in. And you can, you have a simple conversation with someone and you can direct them in a right way. And then no matter what, there's always options. There's several options. That's a good thing about keeping stuff like corn snakes, rat snakes, you know, even carpet pythons. There's a ton of different ways you can keep. I've seen so many people keep carpet pythons I in a feel, million different ways. Yeah, I and, feel like a lot of it is just. Um, what's the best way to describe it? I lost it. I'll think about it. <laughs> it's very it's, it's just dogmatic and it's yeah. just it's the fact that people are just it, they what it is is i think people want it to be something that it's not in terms of right. reptile keeping as, as a whole granted there are some species that do require a certain level of of time and understanding of of how yes. things work and stuff like that. Um, but it's also understanding time, it's like what you're we're keeping. also keeping animals in boxes, man. Like at yeah. the end of the day, you're never going to re recreate the outdoors. And frankly, if you did, you would never see them. Cause guess what? Snakes hide a lot. They don't just go out for leisurely strolls just to have, get some, get, just get their juices flowing. Like they go out to hunt, they go out to bask right back in. Yeah, and I mean, there's yeah, even some aspects of that, though, that I don't really agree with either, especially with the ball python thing and sort of the whole, like, they live in termite mounds being harped on a lot. Yeah, it's you like, know, like, how many times do we hear that regurgitated? Like, exactly. after a while, I was like, okay, someone spit this out and everyone else has been chewing on it and we're all getting it back from the same source. Like, I don't, I don't buy that necessarily. So, like, I think that's not a great argument in terms of, no. like, four racks and things like that, whatever, but it's uh, it's just it's like people really i like they're legitimately I, it, maybe it's just a level of anthropomorphism that is sort of beyond my my ability to really wrap my head around but it's like just it's all being made out to be something that it really isn't in terms of like we're not curing cancer <laughs> we're not yeah. solving world hunger we're not saving pandas we're keeping snakes in We're black keeping boxes. Keeping snakes in boxes. It's like as crude as that sounds, like that's what it is at the end of the day. Yeah. And it's like if you have a problem with it, 
Don't talk about do how it. unnaturalistic <laughs> it is. It's like there's nothing we're doing at the end of the day that is natural about this. Yeah. And I, I think it was Casey the other day who said, you know, the advancing husbandry crowd is like two steps away from like being anti-hobby as as a as a whole, which he, I don't think he's really all that wrong. I don't think he's no. that far off. And I think there's there's plenty of people that are in that that sort of camp that I have a ton of respect for. You know, Roy uh, Blodgett. Yeah, dude, he does prime um, example, amazing like, stuff. He does amazing stuff. But I, you know, he does that because that's what he wants to do. I don't see him in groups forcing that down other people's throats no, and saying, doesn't. if you're not doing this, then you are not, you're yeah. not one of us or and he, you're not and a again, real keeper. Will... And it's just like, that's what I want. It's like, right. I just, if and you he'll... do that, great. But if someone else doesn't, it's like, right. Chill the fuck out. And they'll like, talk to off. you all day about what he does. You know, you ask him, he's going to tell you what he does. But he doesn't say this is how you have to do it. You know, like, I don't know. I feel like we've been beating this dead horse for a couple episodes now. And I don't know. For me, it's just kind of, that's why I stay in my lane. It is, man. but I just, like, like I said, lately I don't, been I don't bother myself with it. You know, like, I, have to, I haven't had somebody come at me about my enclosures because I don't post my enclosures. I don't. I send them to y'all, you know, in the groups and stuff. And is that out of fear? Not out of fear. It's just not wanting to deal with it. <laughs> like, I don't care what anybody thinks, you know, like I'm one of those people that like, you know, if you, okay, maybe not quite, not that I don't care. I get irritated with people and I'm not going to change how I do things because somebody criticized me, but it's still going to piss me off. And I don't like being pissed off. I'm a very non-controversial person, so I avoid that at all costs. And I just, I don't want to deal with it. I don't like drama, you know. I don't want somebody's words and bullshit opinion to affect me in a negative way, so I don't really let it happen. A lot of times you know? I just ignore it. Cause yeah, it's like, like, hey, if it's a picture, it's just a snapshot of what I was doing in that moment. Like, you haven't been in my room. You haven't seen these things in person. So it's hard right. for you to make a judgment based off a single picture. Um, And even then, it's one of those things like, okay, it's a stranger on the internet. Like, I don't, I don't care. Yeah. No, and that's, again, at the end of the day, like, you can't let it bother you, you know. And again, I've never really had any, but there was one time. I there the only time I've ever had something like that happen to me was I made um I was using the lids of six quart tubs and I was putting PVC legs on them to make these little mini like shelves and they worked great and I posted a picture of this was years ago and somebody messaged me and was like too much plastic for me and I was like okay then don't do it me I'm trying to save plastic because we don't use the lids in racks you know, so I'm trying to save the plastic and put a use for it. But if it's too much plastic for you, go for it. You know, so it's like, I didn't let that bother me, but that's probably the only time I've had something like that. But other than that, you know, again, I don't really post my enclosures unless I do something really elaborate that I'm super proud of. I don't really bother with yeah. it. I don't see the point, you know. I'm one of those people that, like, I know my snakes are doing well, and I know they are within the parameters that they need to be. They're very healthy. They eat. They shit. They shed. 
So I'm happy. I don't need and that's the other thing. I don't need anybody's approval about what I do. If I can get suggestions, if I, I seek out if I seek out suggestions, I ask people I respect, people I know, I ask the group, stuff like that. But I don't just put it out for anybody to be like, oh, give me your opinions, because I don't want them. So that's just me. Yeah. And I, you know, when it comes to that stuff like that too, um, I don't know sort of what you base your criteria off as far as whose brain you pick with that kind of thing. But for me, it's, you know, I have a handful of people that I, I absolutely trust with the information they would give me in terms of like, if I had questions and it's like Matt most Rob stone, Burke pain job, um, pain job, Billy, yeah, Billy, you know, because, and, and I think the biggest thing with that is I know the spectrum of things they've kept over, over a long period of time. And I think to me that like what they, their input on that has holds more weight than someone telling me that my setup sucks and I go and check and they're keeping like a boa or in a corn and like, like their scope of things they've kept is from what I can tell very narrow. And that's the thing with a lot of the people that I feel like we talk to, they've, I feel like in order to give a really good opinion on this subject in general is to have done a lot of it, kept everything or kept a lot of different things in a lot of different ways. And then you come up with your interpretation of what you read from your animals, how they acted and you come up with a system that's for what you seem to mm-hmm. be right for the animals you know because there's a lot of animals that i've heard a lot of people telling you yeah i put my you know pituophis in this big elaborate setup some of them do fine but i've heard a lot of people be like yeah my pituophis went to Strong. shit yeah. because i put it in a four foot enclosure all decked out it went insane it was rubbing there's rubbing to doing all this shit you know? myself though because I'm, I'm wondering if it's just a matter of like if it's like the Jansen eye where it's like they do fine if you just give them a ton of visual barriers and a ton of hides. I think bare bones, if you yeah. just had like a single hide, like cardboard box type deal right. and a water bowl, like it's probably not going to do great. If you had that in a rack, like a you know, V70 or something even bigger. Yeah, they'd be um, fine. Perfect. Like they'd love it. Yeah. But I think you'd have to do it like like the like I've done with the Jansen eye and like really right pack it out yeah like i it's i've gotten two different opinions on that like i've talked to skyler about that before and he said when he was younger he used to um keep pits and like really big naturalistic setups and they did fine you know but i've also talked to um nipper and he said he moved his northerns into bigger four foot enclosures and they just went nuts yeah and i think a lot of that too is probably going to be dependent on how much traffic in that room there is yeah. like in your room or my room where there's really not, I mean, I'm in there in the mornings and I'm in there when I get off work, but I'm, there's not like people coming in and out constantly. There's not the cat or the dog running around in front of cages and stuff. Like they're not in there at all. Right. So it's, I would, I would imagine that would have a bigger, that would, that would be a, a big factor in terms of right. whether you could pull that off or not. Yeah, you know, and like from my experience, my pits hate me equally. Equally, doesn't like matter what tub, tub or not. Like, dude, if I, especially when I feed, if I, I guarantee, I can almost. They're bet going you, to hell and taking you with them. My albino Florida's 
would probably be the only ones I would trust in like a more elaborate setup. But my my fork lines, they would break their faces on a clear front enclosure. I promise you, they almost break their faces when I feed them because yeah. I'll feed yeah. them. I'll be over here doing one thing and I walk by the rack and I hear a like on the front of the tub and a bunch of hissing and tail rattling. And I'm like, dude, if I put these things in any type of clear enclosure, like they would never eat. I mean, they might would, but I'll have to leave and turn the lights off. And, you know, and then every time I walked in the room, they would be smashing the enclosure, you know, like I ain't about that. I ain't about that. They do absolutely great in the tubs they're in. I want bigger tubs. I need an FB90 rack. Um, really bad. Cough, cough. Cough, cough. Jen, Jen. Box. Please. I'll have to, I'll have please to remind her of that. I like, I, I do. I, I, need, I need it. They just like, busy. No, because they would be perfect for bigger pits. Because mm -hmm. I'm not one. I don't really want to. My pituofas are probably the only snakes I have no desire to put into a big elaborate setup. But I want them in big tubs. You know, yeah, I mean, like you want to offer them a space that, 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 that size, species that out. size yeah. would call for. It, yeah. But I also know plenty of people who keep massive northerns and V70s and they do absolutely perfect. Yeah. You know, so it's like, it's there's no right or wrong with it. You know, it's the health of your animal. So, which again, we can only measure by what we see in front of us. Yeah. So. but overall care and husbandry um has has changed small ways for me tweaked a little bit here and there over the years and talking to people um again guys like matt most and rob stone you know picking their brains about rhino rats and and other things and them saying, well, this is what I have that's worked for me. So, right. you know, maybe if, if you're having this issue, try this and the stuff that we were just talking about. And, you know, it just. Uh, that's the kind of stuff that you you take what what you what works for you and then things that maybe need improvement or may not be working as well as they could get that information. You put them together yeah, and then you have, you know, the happy medium and it's. That's that's what yeah. we strive for. It works. Yep. But moving on now that we've beat that dead horse again. What else we got? Still not what all the way dead. Question. <laughs> um. Well, Billy just asked a good question in the chat. Um, oh Lord! How has your overall view of the hobby changed? That's a that's a very good. One. I feel like we're going to have pretty different answers on that front. You go first. It's a hard question to answer, but mine hasn't changed. For me, it really. depends on the, on the week you ask. <laughs> you know, because of the way I do things, it hasn't changed a lot. You know, I'm not very social media. -y, you know, um, I haven't posted in a long time. I need to post more. I've um, just been super busy and, but I I stick to the people I love, you know, people I care about. Those are the people I talk to regularly in the groups and all that, you know. I'm not big enough. I don't post enough to get all the bullshit that is in the hobby. I guess the way that it's changed, I've realized 
how much more bullshit is there. So you need I just to avoid it. Yeah, I just avoid it and I don't have to deal with it. So as my view of the hobby changed, as in like it's negative, no, because I don't get the negative forefront. But the way it has changed is I know it's there versus before five years ago. I I was not in the hobby. I kept snakes. I went to shows, but it was just me by myself. And, you know, but now I'm more into the hobby. I know a lot more people. A lot more people know me. But again, I stick to my people, my groups, and I kind of ignore the bullshit. So that's just me. It's me. Again, depends on the week. Uh, I go through periods. So I know I've, I've mentioned in the past about struggling with, with cynicism and, and the hobby and to a degree burnout, at least on the social side. That seems, at least in the last couple of years too, it seems like it sort of comes and goes more frequently than it did. Mm-hmm. Um, I think a lot of that's just a direct result from sort of being more involved in that stuff, be it, you know, because of the magazine and, and being on social media because I have to right. post on those pages and, you know, see things. And um, overall, I mean, the, the people and stuff that we've met and are now fortunate enough to even call friends uh, as a result of this. Yeah. It's been life changing, man. It's been like, that's, probably the the best part of it yeah, it me. absolutely is yeah you know like there's there's a lot of people that i probably would have never met never been friends with never hung out with no never had come to my wedding <laughs> um yeah if it were not for us starting this yeah you know and it's like i think like phil prime example like yeah. had i had we not done this who knows if i would have ever met phil and talked to phil and and I want to say the likelihood of meeting even half the people that we have would be slim oh, to none. You fair. know, yeah. like I was, I don't think anybody I'm friends with knew who the F I was when we started this, you know, and it's, it's turned into, you know, for me, it's like a family, man. Like these people have become family to me, mm-hmm. you know, like some of my best friends in the world I have met. You know, and they're friends outside of snakes. You know what I mean? I met them right. because right. of snakes, but they're true friends. You know, like me and Chris were talking the other day and we we're talking about fucking cars and motorcycles and, you know, and I've gone to Billy for advice multiple times on just like personal life stuff. And same thing with Chris, you know, like, you know, these people are more than. Mm-hmm it's become more than a hobby for me, you know, it's, and the people I've become more than just my snake friends, they're my family, you know, and I respect the ever loving hell out of them, you know, and like Billy, Billy's become, Billy's one of my oldest friends as far as met through the hobby, you yeah. know, and the fact that we still maintain a relationship and, you know, we've known him for nearly five years now, you know, and the fact, so I look at it, like this the first daytona i went to i'm by myself walking through i'm in circles i'm staying with my buddy in ocala knew absolutely nobody and now 
it's a party every year of just a ton of people that we all know. And that's just the difference from five years ago. I think the first Daytona I went to was about six years ago, even that first Daytona compared to Daytona last year. I mean, it's, it's incredible. Yeah. And I, I don't know if it was last year, the year before last, but I just remember at Daytona, you know, we did our usual snakes and stogies gazebo deal, which is a hilarious because it was never like made to be an official thing. It's just snowballed into that. Um, but I remember standing there and there's, there's probably like 50 plus people like packed in this little gazebo, just hanging out and talking. Dude. I just remember like stopping. Like I wasn't really, <laughs> I was just standing there just looking at it. Like we did this. Yeah, dude. Like, this is a, like a direct <laughs> result of us doing it. I went over to Phil and I told him that same thing. I was like, dude, you see this? He's like, yeah. I was like, this is, this is because of us. Yeah. Which is wild. Yeah. You know, it's I just, I mean, I don't know what it was like before. I'm sure everybody had a good time at Daytona, but I feel like now it's like, it's a whole other, it's a whole new level, man. <laughs> like it's turned into such a big thing. You know, we've got people coming from all over the country just to come to Daytona for a weekend hang and out, hang out, everybody. man. Like, you know, and yeah. Yeah. I mean, like you said, you know, last year it was, there came a point where I was just talking to everybody left and right. And, I stopped and I just kind of looked over and it's the entire pavilion, yep. that little tiny pavilion, everybody's shoulder to shoulder. There's people over here, all these little mini conversations. And yeah, Billy, it's like a family reunion mm -hmm. every year. <laughs> like it's, it's the best man, you know, and I, I wouldn't trade it for the world. It's yeah. Amazing. So, I mean, in that aspect, you know, it's been great. Um, overall sort of views on the hobby generally positive yeah i think social media <laughs> this is no i mean everyone's already knows what i'm gonna say when it comes to this yeah. and it's just one of those things where it's like i think it's just me and phil are in agreement like humans were never meant to communicate this way <laughs> it was never like yeah it was never meant to be like this and i think the intentions were good and then it very quickly got weaponized. Yeah, absolutely. And it's, it wouldn't be, my outlook probably would be better overall if I didn't see as much as I do on Facebook in particular. Instagram is kind of the anti Facebook. I don't um, do Facebook like at all, dude. So <laughs> being in, you know, being in groups, Facebook groups, for the most part, Facebook groups are just bad. Like I see the stuff in them, especially when you're talking about like those corn snake groups or, you know, that 15,000 people in them. And it's like, Hey, you can't possibly ask a question in that group and get a straight, yeah. consistent answer. Um, but B it's just like, it's just a giant echo chamber. You see the same responses from the same people in every post. It's like, these people just live in these things and that's what they respond with. And like, you see that and it sort of gives you this sense of like anxiety and dread where it's like, this is, this is where we're at. Like, this is, this is what the hobby is. And that's and why can, I don't yeah, do it. So, like I just, <laughs> I, I saw that. Cause that's like, I, when I first was like really just 
pounding, posting, posting, posting. That's where I was doing. I was posting mm-hmm. all the groups, doing all this shit. But the more I looked into them, I saw everything that kind of went with it. And I'm like, you know, like, I don't really, this really isn't for me. So, uh, yeah. And I mean, there's, there's that. And then there's the entire other aspect of like the YouTube crowd and yeah. the sensationalized stuff, which as a content creator, I feel like having now done it for five years, um, I cannot deny that it is frustrating when we put as much time and stuff into what we do to put out the best content that hopefully people take stuff away from every time we drop something, you know, we've had a few episodes that, that didn't feel like they accomplished a whole lot over the years. Um, but for the most part, I, I, my goal is to bring something to the table each episode. Yeah. You know, Sometimes that happens. Sometimes it doesn't. <laughs> it is what it is. They're not all going to yeah. be zingers. No, absolutely um, not. But when you see all the over-the-top stuff and like venomous stuff, that's just ridiculous and makes us look horrible. It's super frustrating. Yeah. But I also keep in mind that probably a solid 90, 95% of that audience aren't in the hobby they're just there for the video of when you know whoever they're watching is in the hospital thumbs up with their iv and fasciotomy and all that stuff um yeah but i've i've you know and early on or for not early on but you not too long ago years ago within the last couple years um it was something I kind of struggled with, you know, honestly, it was like, should we even keep doing it? Like, should we even bother trying? Like, it's never going to get that, that same amount of, out of attention. And again, maybe it's a getting older thing. Maybe it's an age thing, but it's one of those things where it's like, that's not our audience. No, it's not. And I don't, like, we have I a core group that, that is, enjoys what we do. And it's like, those are the people that, that yeah. I'm going to keep doing it for. It's if we not... can get a couple new people that enjoy our content and get something out of it, that's the thing. We're not flashy. We're not pretty. We're not sensationalized. You know, we try to give out truly, you know, educational episodes where people can actually learn stuff. And the people who want to learn stuff are the people that we want listening and the people we want in our corner. And this is the people we want to support us. You know, like if you'd rather watch a bunch of videos about people free handling King Cobras and Kaboon Vipers and Puff Adders, and you know, like you're not our audience. And you can, you can have that. KOA the fucking night away on that. So it's just that has been a thing. And I've, that's something I've even sort of talked to Burke about. Like, and I think he feels a similar way, you know, yeah. more so he's had much more time in this because they've been doing it twice as long as we have, you know, um, where he's even been like, yeah, man, he's like, I totally get it. He's like, but we have like the audience we have is exactly the people that, that I think we started doing this for in the first place. Yeah, exactly. They're people that are, you know, just like us that are yeah. just regular people. That's what I want. That's what I want out of content creators and like YouTube people, man. It's like, just be normal. (laughs) Be a normal human being. Be the person that you are off camera as well as on camera. Like that should be the same person. 
Yeah, if anything, I'm way more like dumb and like wild off camera and try to tone it down for the show. Oh. But I feel like I'm kind of an idiot. Mm-hmm. I know I share that on the podcast, but you know, definitely never try to be more sensationalized on a video or on a podcast than what I am in real life. I think that's kind of what's you know? what's helped make this work for yeah. the handful of years is like everybody that's involved in THN, you know, Phil, you, Chris, Bill. Bill um, like we're just normal people that enjoy this just as much as the people that that watch and even do the stupid stuff do like at the end of the day like we're all here for the same reason it's all good it's the internet there's room for for everybody even if it's uh subjectively things that you find dumb you know i feel like we're all really good examples of what you get on the podcast is what you're gonna get in real life (laughs) like if you meet us it really ain't that different you know especially people like bill and phil man like you know bill bill's the perfect example i've only met bill a couple times but he is the exact same person on his podcast that he is in person you know like cut and dry man what you see is what you get and it's great you know we love bill he's awesome dude he's so smart he does an awesome podcast and he's just fun to hang around you know and, mm-hmm. but yeah yeah, and our friend group, you know, they they see my my rants via messages about <laughs> things that really aren't even worth getting bent out of shape about, and I always kind of feel bad because I feel like the way it's it's worded via text makes me sound a lot more Crotching. insane than I actually am. Like, I don't, I don't. <laughs> Sometimes I wonder if they really think that. I should be locked up somewhere. I don't think anybody thinks you should be locked up. I don't know. Sometimes it feels that way where I'm like, man, they like, I'm that guy. Like I'm really negative. And I'm like (laughs) always complaining about something. You are really, you are pretty negative. I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to say you're pretty negative. I'm going to say you. So the way you let it affect you too. The way I vent about things comes off in like a tone and a manner that seems very, negative and frustrated and like angry but there's very few things that like legitimately sort of stick with me for longer than like 10 or 15 minutes to but you I'm get like, real mad those sometimes it depends on what it is man it's just like it's <laughs> no i'm not i'm not saying it's a bad stupid thing. stuff yeah no it is but yeah and once again maybe that's just a side effect of sort of being involved in in the hobby yeah. in a you got your toes in a lot of larger things. scale than I should have. So, yeah. Sometimes I'm not sure how to take you, Smitty, but I just go with the flow. Pretty much. I'm I'm the same way, dude. I'll be texting you, and you'll be just messaging back normally, and I'm like, "Is he mad at me? Like, did I do something?" I'm probably driving. I shouldn't <laughs> even be texting you while I'm doing that. <laughs> Yeah. Show some skin. Five year celebration. Show some skin. He's got his shoes on. Sorry, oh, Scott. I mean, I can take them off. I'd prefer he to. <laughs> That's what the people want. That's going to be mean, the final segment. Is what can Jake pick up with his toes? Dude, I could pick up half the things in this room. Can you pick with up a bike. Toes. You got like 
three bikes over there. I could pick up pick. the front of a bike, not the whole no, I think thing. I could pick up the whole thing. I mean, maybe There's if a weed I, eater. Maybe if I got on my back and grabbed it real good. I could definitely pick up the ass end of a weed eater. That'd be easy. I can grab your phone from here if you want. That I really prefer you doing. Because <laughs> I like my phone. Um, let's see. What me get my toe fungus on. are you looking forward to in the next two to five years with the network? I can't grab anything because I don't do that. Doc Wyman challenged the soda can. He did. I did it. I did it. I sent it. I still, I'm pretty sure I still have that picture <sighs> somewhere. Okay. Here's, here's I, I held a soda can. I sent it in the Here's group. what I want to know. Cause I, I was thinking about it the other day. Like, when did this whole toe thing become a thing? It was your fault. I feel like it. No, who was it? Just, it, it happened got, at Daytona. It really got away from us. No, it happened at Daytona because I was wearing flip flops all at Daytona, and I don't remember who it was, but somebody looked down at my feet and said, "Damn, Jake, you got some gecko toes on you." And I was like, "What?" And then everybody looked at my feet and was like, "Oh my god!" So. I don't really know. I, just, I find it funny that of all the things that really have stuck, your feet are are up there as like the top. What can I say, man? I got some impressive, some impressive toes. I'm trying to find this picture of me holding the soda can. Oh, here it is. We'll show it for the people who haven't seen it. I don't know if that'll come up at all. God, it's like something out of Men in Black. Yeah, like one of the aliens walking around the headquarters. It doesn't come up really well. You have to hold it there for a minute so the lighting can adjust there. and it can focus. Not Maybe not. No, it's too bright. Yeah, no, those are... That's me holding a soda can. Long toe reptilian is the best thing ever. Oh, yeah. Long toes. Hold on. Wait. Maybe that'll help. Yeah, there you oh. go. You can see it there. That is horrifying. Chris is right. <laughs> it's terrifying. That is a soda can in my toes. You're welcome, everybody that got to see it. It's a skill. So then everybody just it just became a running joke of like, what can Jake grab I with just, his toes? Just... The answer is a lot of things. A lot of things. Where do you see things going in the next two to five years? <laughs> Sorry. I think you could pick up and hold on to like a ping pong ball. Can I hold on to a ping pong ball? Like throw a ping pong ball with your foot. Dude, I could shoot that thing out of my toes. Are you kidding me? Ping pong balls are tiny. I could squeeze it between my two my two fingers down there. <laughs> shoot that thing. Quick, Jake, grab it with your claws. <laughs> Serious man, stuff like yeah. I, I I find myself just picking stuff up off the floor and grabbing it and just want to do. I think a better question is is what do you guys want to see from the network yeah. in the next two to five years? Yeah, I would much rather hear what y'all would like us to do. As far I'm, as I'm concerned, we're just gonna keep on doing our thing, man. Yeah, we're just. <laughs> I would definitely, I know I say it every year. I want to do more like field herping videos. I put out one and I meant to do more, but then time got away from me and I just didn't. So 
personal collections. Yeah, we should do more collection updates. So here's the issue with YouTube and me, man. It's like I always want to shoot videos. I always want to write articles. Then when I have the time to actually do it, I talk myself out of it. Yeah. For whatever reason. I'm like, man, I should do a video on um, something recently that I like rain chambers and chondros. Like the handful of times that I do that, what do I do? But I'm like, I don't really do anything. So it's like, what's the point? So then it just doesn't happen. Yeah, yeah I would like videos are just something I've always wanted to do. I'm just not good at it. And I don't, I never find the time for it. Cause I feel like I'm always just like, go, 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 you know? So I don't really take the time to shoot footage and all that. And I actually have quite a bit of footage on my phone. Like after I put out the one field herping video, I found a bunch of random snakes, like pretty much working. And so I did like little short clips. I meant to put together a video, but I just never did it, you know? It takes time. Stupid because I got that, you know, that mirrorless camera and stuff and did it like got that for the video and not necessarily even the picture ability. And uh, like, I don't know if it's just like breaking it out and then editing and stuff like that. Like editing video sucks. Yeah, I don't it's like I'll do it. It's not my favorite. Dude, um, that one field herping video I did took me so long to edit like a ridiculous amount of time because mm -hmm. i'm also not good at it but it's one of those things but. see phil said field herping herp help videos i.e range aimers species profile species profiles would be cool i've also thought about doing that just like taking you know the different stuff you keep and showing the difference in individuals and then just talking about said species mm -hmm. you know because there's so much variance just within like you know i'm going to use yellow rat snakes because i love yellow rat snakes yellow rat snakes are not the same where you go you know between you know the carolinas to... <laughs> oh god yeah like between florida to the carolinas to you know the greens in north carolina you know there's so much variance in all of them so i've really thought about doing more you know species profiles like that and corn snakes would be a great one to do yeah so you I, could even get more specific into well you know, that realm like i asked the other day in the in like the little group chat of like what should i do videos on because i would, for whatever reason that particular day i'd finished cleaning rats and i was like you know what i feel like doing a video and Casey was like, do one show in the habitat of Ladies Island Corn. And I was like, that's a good one. And then I kind of like did it and I thought about it. I'm like, this is actually kind of boring. <laughs> like, it's not that that's exciting. But at the thing, same time, though. I'm like, like there's probably people do. that would like to see that. Yes. So, and those are the people that you post it for. And I have it. And I tried to put it in like a Google Drive folder. But for some reason they wouldn't upload or they like stalled out. And so I had to like cancel it. And I just haven't gone back to it yet just because of time. But I do have that. And I, cause I'll shoot it on my phone if it's something sort of quick and then I'll put it on my computer and I'll edit it. And then I'll 
you know, post it from there just because it's easier. Like I have the same video editor app on my phone as I do the computer. Mm -hmm. But if you've ever tried to edit video on a phone and like trim and cut things, that's it all is I did. a nightmare. That's it's horrible. And I refuse to do it. That's exactly what I did yeah, for that one dude. field urban video. I did one oh in the high movie and I'm like squeezing all this little shit. And it was, it was a nightmare. I feel like I did pretty good for not having ever edited a video. Like I kind of figured mm -hmm. it out, but it was, yeah, it was a lot. It's definitely a lot. So yeah, I, it's just, it's so much easier on the computer. And, yeah. um, so I think next, if I do more, cause I still do want to do more field herping stuff. So I think what I'm going to do is just going to be like a bunch of little short clips finding what I find. No music, no extra pizzazz, you know, just clips shoved together for a five to ten minute video. Call it a fucking day. I, mean, yeah, I, I don't mean, know. Richard said do what makes you happy and enjoy doing the passion will show through. The, and it's not that yeah. I, I do it thinking like, oh, no one's going to like this. It's just to me, I feel like they're like with the. Because what I did basically was I took my phone and I, I just walked my parents' property and showed like this is where my one of my mails came from. This is where the other mail came from. Like showing my parents' little pump house where their well is. Like this is where my original female came from from the neighbor's house. You know, three hundred yards that direction. And right. it's just one of those things where I feel like it doesn't like it doesn't have to be. I think it ended up being like raw footage wise. It was like maybe 10 minutes right. and it's like something that could probably be summed up in like two um it's just feeling like there really wasn't a whole lot there right. um and me rambling a lot but <laughs> it's there i just gotta just gotta you know put it yeah. together and do that so yeah also i'm not catching snakes with my toes the last thing i would want is a water snake or a black racer to latch onto my foot it's very sensitive yeah and then article wise like writing is even worse for me than the video thing because it's like i do want to write all the time then i go to like sit down and do it and i just either can't because just writer's block is horrible or i write something and then i go back through and read it i'm like that's and erase it yeah and then don't come back to it phil just threw out a bunch of really good ideas yeah you know, like little how to's on like thawing stuff i figured out my system for thawing out rodents and it's pretty killer if you ask me what's that enlighten us well i mean it's just it's very simple it's just what i do and what is it <sighs> So I've got down to a science. So what I do is I feed my water snakes, pinkies, hairless mice, and fish. Okay. Pinkies are the first things to thaw out. I put my hairless mice in with the pinkies. They thaw out pretty quick. Fish gets run under the sink. Before all of that, the pinkies get hot water first. Then everything else gets filled with hot water. And then I run the fish underwater for a while let all that thaw then it takes me a solid 30 to 45 minutes to feed all the water snakes by the time i come back to the other because i go feed them all them first put the plates down and then i tong feed you know a couple groups of them and then i come back to the water being very cold but it's been sitting there for a while 
dump out the water, add hot water, let it sit for five more minutes, and everything's thawed out perfectly. Even your bigger rats and stuff like that. And two water changes, they still thaw in cold water. A lot of people think that it needs to be hot like constantly, and yes, that supposedly help, they thaw faster in like colder or war- uh, room temperature water than they yeah. do hot water. I don't know exactly how that works, but I remember reading I that either. somewhere and never really bothered to actually see if it made a difference. Because normally, like when I'm feeding stuff and I got a thaw, it's feeding day. I will put stuff like I'll wake up Saturday morning, for example, because mm-hmm. I clean rats and stuff on Saturdays now, just because it works out better and I can have Sundays off. Yep. Um, I'll thaw stuff out, like put stuff. I have a painters, like a paint bucket that you mix paint in. Yep. And I'll put everything that I need to thaw in that. And then I'll just put it in cold water. And then usually by the time I'm done and come home, they're, they're pretty much thawed. Like they're not frozen anymore, but they're cold. Right. And then I'll just put the water on like the hottest setting possible and put them in there and then they seem to warm up pretty quick and then i just feed everything yeah that's essentially what i do you know everything sits until the water gets cold because the frozen mice make the water cold pretty quick but sitting in the cold water they thaw out just fine and then i just kind of reheat them and then everything is everything's thawed you know something else that i do personally i know not everybody does this because it's more buckets i separate everything by size that's also to help. I don't. I don't. I, I <laughs> I've can't. I've got pinkies. You know? I've got fuzzies. I've got no. wrap-ups. I've got lean, lean stuff. I've got... Almost everything is separated by size. The only things I keep together are stuff that I can easily tell apart. Because sometimes a big hopper is close to a small mouse. And a small mouse is close to a big hopper. So I don't keep those together. The ones that I group are very different sizes. Like I'll put my small mice in with my fuzzies and then hoppers pinkies they're all in their own buckets and that also helps you know because it's less mice in one bucket so it kind of it's more water it's more dumping and refilling but it's it also helps me with feeding like i just go to the bucket that has that correct item in it and whip one out and it's easy for me i keep like i think i use I have a fish bucket, I have a pinky bucket. I use like six or seven different buckets every time I feed. So, but I just get a bunch of like smaller, cheap ones. Been using the same bucket for years. So, yeah. But yeah. I mean, everything, I thaw everything out in under an hour. You know, I put the original hot water in, feed the water snakes. This year, I think I will attempt the mouse cutting experiment, but I think for the sake of making it, making sure that I actually sort of like see it through and do it is I'm going to do like a sample size of like four or six snakes. You need to do some not cut. Well, that's what it's going to be. It's like, I'll do an even number of like randomly sort of picked out of a clutch. You know, maybe I'll happen to make them holdbacks. We also have ones to... that I plan on holding on to anyways. And then half of them won't get cut. Half of them will get like four cuts. And then I'll weigh them each week. And then I'll do what I did like with crested years ago and I'll put them in a spreadsheet. And then mm-hmm. over time, I'll graph that out. You just have to feed them on the same. Yeah, I know. Same yeah. cycle and all that. You know, because I thought the cutting was more so for like to help with digestion. 
not necessarily growing faster. But it does that too. Yeah, I would be interested to see it because I, I don't. Like my, I don't do that. And I mean, my problem with it in the past and like wanting to do it is just like if I do that and I decide to use twenty snakes, like I have to hold on to twenty snakes for an extended period of time. Yeah, and so it's maybe if I. If I cut it down to like four to six, maybe eight, like, yeah, that's a small sample size. So it's not maybe the greatest to be able to say, like, this is absolutely concrete evidence that this is, you know, legit. But I think it'd be still be interesting nonetheless to see if you had like no cuts versus like four. Yeah. You know, perpendicular to the no, spine. I, like, I would like that. to see it. You could even do it with four animals, two snakes get cuts, two mm-hmm. snakes don't. You know, and just have those. But then maybe have, study. so do like two that have none, two that have four, and maybe two that get it like every other feeding. Yeah. It's also an option. I am going to try and hold back more, I think, this year too. I'm not. Like, I think that's kind of the, the issue is like I haven't held back to enough on some things. So like yeah. when I have the castanias, I'll have a bunch of hets um, this year. If that pairing ends up going, we'll see. Um, and I want those castanias for a nice base to work with right. down the road. Um, so maybe the bears would be good for that too. Cause the bears have smaller clutches. Mm-hmm. I don't know. There's a lot of ways you can do it, man. It's just a matter of what works for you. It'd be cool, though, to see. I'd be curious. It doesn't mean I'm going to start cutting my mice, but I'd be curious to see. Whatever. I'm just saying. Your loss. They shit just fine without them being cut. So, For me, it's just a time thing. You know, it takes me three to four hours to feed everything as it is. What? So, yeah, it takes me a while. With the water snakes and stuff, It takes it takes a minute. Then I feed everything the same day. If I have to feed just the colubrids, it doesn't take as long. What if I have to feed the carpets too? Because carpets are on, our, are on every other week schedule. Mm-hmm. Colubrids are every week. So, and then certain animals want to be annoying and not eat right away. I, you drop feed. I tong feed. Yeah, no. I so that's. Well, that so some does. of the stuff that like the adults that get really excited, um, I've started pulling them, feeding them in like a separate tub because they just get the bedding all over the, the mice and it's like no matter how much I dry them off those those mice just get covered in shavings I don't have that so, problem well I also use like really fine shavings so yeah I don't I, it's I kind of a pain the, I, I use the thicker stuff I hate stuff. the large flake I hate the reason shavings. I like the large flake is for feeding because if it does get stuck it's a lot easier just to get pushed off while they swallow it you know? yeah and i don't do it with everything but i do have a handful of like adult corns and um you know the bigger pine like they go hard and they got to make a mess every time they do it so now i'm just at the point where i just like take them out and set them in a tub you know drop them something and while they're eating i'll go and feed smaller stuff and yeah. just drop feed some of that but for me, it's a security thing. Like I drop feed some stuff because they just they prefer drop feed, and that's fine. For me, it's a even though I still go back 
through and check stuff. If I see something, take it out of tongs and it's still in their mouth when I shut the tub, like I know I don't really worry about them not eating it. Mm -hmm. If I drop feed, I have to go look. I have to go make sure everything ate. I mean, I go back through and I'll check like stuff that's in the racks, especially. Um, And I'm at a point now where if stuff's in a shed cycle, I don't even really bother offering. Um, Mostly because it seems like it, a takes them longer to actually finally get around to shedding. Like, I don't know for sure. It's purely anecdotal, but to me, it seems like when you feed and they are in a shed cycle, it almost puts a pause on that shed cycle because I guess their body then sort of puts more emphasis on digesting and stuff. Hmm. Uh, and then it also that. seems like it takes them longer to digest. Um, I have snake. I have noticed with pretty much all of them, like especially like my my big female pine. She, if she goes into a shed shortly after eating, the next time I go to feed her, she's like, you can tell she's got to go, but she's in shed and I feed her anyways, you know, like, cause it's already thought out. Mm -hmm. And then she sheds and takes the biggest dump of her freaking life. (laughs) Like it's disgusting, you know, like, but I have noticed that snakes, a lot of my snakes hold it. Like they don't really shit while they're in shed. Yeah, no, it makes condors sense. especially, and that's why sometimes, you know, the rain chamber thing, I don't do that a lot, but I do have, it's interesting, like, I, I did it the other night, actually, I took every chondro and put them, like, took them out on their perch, put that perch over an empty tub, and, like, I take my hand sprayer mm-hmm. and sprayed them down for, you know, a solid couple minutes, mm-hmm. um, and I have some chondros that, that take that opportunity to drink like crazy, mm-hmm. and then I have some that hate it. But then if I can tell that they really do have to go and they're holding on to something that if I do that, it's like clockwork. Like they go like I have my my smallest one in particular when I can tell that it's like pretty backed up. If I go in there and and hose it down. It's it fixes that problem. No, you know, right away. I've been I've had an idea for a while as far as a rain chamber goes, and that's utilizing your shower. I feel like it could be really good if you made some type of makeshift perch. I just, just always worry about getting the water temperature right. You know? Yeah. I don't want to be too hot, but then if you think about it, by the time, if you have them like towards the floor of the tub, it's cool. By off. the time that water gets down there, it's cooled off, but then it's like, is it too cold? I don't, I don't know. I've just, the only reason I haven't done that is just, um, you know, the temperature thing. I don't want to get the water too hot or too cold and, I feel like I've gotten pretty good at feeling water for it to be like, for me, if I really can't feel the water temperature, obviously I know snakes can feel the difference, you know, a lot better than we can. But in my experience, because you could say the same thing with soaking, you know, if you soak a snake, you run the same risk of it being too hot or too cold. I guess. I like the hand sprayer because that stays in the room. So it's whatever right, the room, room is. Yeah. And what Billy Jenkins is saying is if his conjurer is drinking while he missed, he almost, he will almost flood the cage watching him drink. And that's why I put them over an empty tub because I know I'm going to be spraying them for a couple minutes yeah. and that there's going to be a lot of water. Um, and I want that to like catch all that. Cause I don't want to yeah. have to go through and like dry out a cage and, use paper half a roll of paper towels just to get all the water out so that's why i do it over an empty tub and that's like it's a rain chamber in sort of the loosest sense Um, yeah it's not like a dedicated thing where you know people have taken a tub and there's a perch in it like they have a 
a nozzle or a mist king already hooked up to and they just turn it on and let it go like i like to do it by hand and i like to actually look to see if the animal is drinking while i'm doing that because if they are then i'll keep doing it i'll do it until they stop drinking um if i do it and they just like completely shut down and hide their head and stuff like that then i'll only do it for a minute or so and then i'll put them back but i watched skylar do that while um i was down at his place he has a couple little green trees now and he just put them in like he took the perches that were in the tub out put it in a different tub and then just hit him with the spray bottle and you could see it, it was actually drinking water like yeah. off yeah. its own skin you know and and i've never been really big cool. on spraying green trees like i feel like here in south carolina like humidity isn't isn't much of an right. issue so i don't feel the need to really do it i think regular water changes are kind of what helps um but like I said, there's a couple of animals that I notice if I spray them, like they, they will drink every time. And so yeah. now I do try to make a regular effort to take them out and do that, especially if it's one that I've had some, you know, sheds have been inconsistent. Right. Um, but it helps. Hydration is, hydration is important. It is. I think that's the most important thing when it comes to shedding is, you know, having proper mm -hmm. clean water, you know, and proper hydration. So what do you what do you want to see? What do you what what should we do with the podcast? What is something that you would want to do differently? So I've had an idea for a game for a long time now. I haven't really tried to pursue it but i thought about doing like a game anytime somebody comes on with a new guest and like basically how my my thought process on again i'm not saying we should do this but it's something that's been in my mind because you're really good at scientific names i got this from a radio show i was listening to people would come on and you had to uh what was it they play a song and you had to name the band or something like that so I thought about doing like a, you step out of the room and I quiz somebody on scientific names or at least a genus for a list of say five to 10 animals. And because you're really good at it, see what they get. Then you come back in, you take the same quiz. And if they beat you, we give them some type of prize. And if you beat them, then it's nothing. See, I, that's it's funny. Cause if, you do like a lot of geckos and stuff. I'm clueless. <laughs> Phil will be talking yeah. about like chondrodactylus and like other stuff. And I'm like, I don't know what the fuck he's talking about. Yeah. So I thought about trying, trying to do something like that. You know, mm -hmm. I, I couldn't, I couldn't do it. I would lose every time. Another THP. Uh, but you know, just kind of like make it a every week thing or make it its own segment, you know, once a month come who wants to challenge Smitty to a scientific name battle, you know, a chance to win a t-shirt or I'm down. something like that. You know, I just thought I stuff like that, something like that would be fun to do. And I've actually had that idea for like a long time now. I, I just remember you mentioned it at one point now. Yeah. Um, Stump so, Smitty. Stump Smitty. Yeah, exactly. How about so. visiting other people's collections? We've talked about that. The I only do issue that. Is I just, do that. Okay. Jake gets I'm out just, way more than I do. I'm just saying, I make time to go do that. Did it when he was at Skyler's? I did. I also saw. I didn't. I also saw um, <laughs> Elijah's collection. I saw two collections that weekend. 
Uh-huh. Where's the videos? I didn't take videos. Mm. Colubrid Fest. Yeah. If if the good doctor and Matt Most and those guys actually make that happen, like I would make that trip. Yeah. Faux show. That's, uh, that's the only thing that's like Carpet Fest is happening again for the first time in like what two years, three years, and that, it's in August. <sighs> so people are like going to Carpet Fest, and it's like I'd love to, but man, it's just too close to Daytona. Yeah, I don't know if I'd be able to swing that. Too close to Daytona. It is a fun time, though. I remember when I did that drive. It was hell on earth, and I almost died, but it was a good time. Yeah. And that horrible picture Joe Phelan took of me taking a <laughs> massive, a massive bite out of a Philly cheesesteak. That was horrendous. I looked like a oh, goblin. But I should make that your contact picture no please don't uh when they talked about so there was inklings of colubrid fest happening according to the ccr guys like it was an idea that was brought up and it sounds like it's been taken into consideration whether it actually happens or not i don't know but i think what i was hearing was it was going to happen in indiana somewhere maybe clint bartley's shop the metazotics place i don't know for sure don't quote me on that if they make that happen, like I would, we'd we'd go. As much as I hate flying, I would I would go. We could make that drive. That's probably a long drive. About fifteen hours. I don't know. Probably, actually, probably less than that. Maybe more like twelve. I'm good up to like Kaluber-Palooza. twelve. Ten, ten to twelve hours. I'll make the drive. But if it's like twenty plus, I'm I'm flying. Mm-hmm. Because I remember when we drove to Wisconsin, that was 19 hours to get there. And we had to go through Indiana. And we usually got to Indiana the same day. So Anything above six is like pushing it for me. You're a pansy. I am. I'm just, I don't like sitting in a car all day. I also don't like flying. So Dude, I'm I did eight hours of driving just to go buy my motorcycle last week. Did you really? Yes. Where did you have to go? I had to go to Moore, South Carolina, which is in like Spartanburg area. Oh. It was three and a half hours there. Then it took me like four to four and a half hours to get back because of traffic through Columbia and my buddy has IBS. So I had to stop for him. <laughs> so he came with me. But. So. Raffles are gonna are gonna happen. People mention those like I I want to do those regularly, as in like maybe two or three times a year. Yeah. Um, I mean it'd be awesome to do them all the time, but you know not everyone's gonna want to throw money at that on a regular basis. Um, you know the slate one that we did, I know we talked about it did fantastic i was really happy with with how that went yeah that was awesome everyone's made it real easy um pretty much everything that i've had has been shipped out in terms of like jenkins got his stuff i still have to send christian parr his book uh the king snake got shipped out and got delivered today still gotta send the carpet we gotta send the carpet python and my thorn scrubs and the thorn scrubs um but yeah, I definitely, definitely want to do that again and find uh, 
start kind of looking around at possible beneficiaries and options there. What yeah. you know, cool groups and stuff to raise money for. So I enjoy it. I like the system that I've kind of got pinned down in terms of making it yeah, happen. No, it you... seems to work pretty well and is pretty low stress, low drama. I feel like the last do. one worked just really well. You know, it was very streamlined and like you said, low stress and really good outcome. So Yeah, the cave gecko's got sent to Brendan too. He's yeah. made it. Yeah. No problem. So it's been good. That jacket is a cloud. <laughs> Everyone slept on that jacket, man. Yeah. Jenkins got that jacket. That thing was awesome. That I wasn't surprised when there. Jenkins bit on it. I was like, of course he did. Of course he wanted the Jack Daniels jacket. Let's save everyone some trouble. There was only one bit on this. Billy Jenkins wins. <laughs> Billy Jenkins wins. <laughs> yeah. But, so there will be more to come. Yeah. There's uh that the uh, sort of the the biggest thing with those is they just require like I gotta ideally I want like a four week head start on getting things together for it. Right. Um and sort of making sure everyone knows that it's happening. And if there's people that want to donate stuff, making sure they all get in. Cause as soon as we started this one for slate, I had a handful of people say, Oh, I want to like, can we add this? I want to donate this. And at this point it had already been going on for, I think like yeah, 12 hours or so. And so people were already buying slots and I didn't want to add stuff last minute and be like, right. Hey, we just added these. And then people would be like, well, I just I been bought on five one. slots yeah. and now I can't because I didn't want to, you know, so I think that's something I I will do different next time is getting the word out that we are taking like if you want to donate something like get in touch right. do that sooner because this time really I didn't didn't really have to hit up a lot of people I just said that we were going to do it and then I had a handful of people who were like oh I got this I'll throw it in and we got there was a lot there of was stuff. a lot of stuff so. <laughs> like, there was a lot of stuff um, the rapple leapfrog because Jenkins can't read. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I was reading it. I was trying not to laugh. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah. Uh, and hopefully, I mean, if I, I like being able to do animals, you know, and having the website is is ideal for that because then we don't have to worry about the powers that be. Zuckerfuck. Yep. Of Facebook and stuff like that taking it down for violations or whatever. But uh, hopefully, you know, Reptiles Express is going to be willing to continue to help us with that. Um, that's been really smooth so far too. Got a pretty decent system in place for, for handling that. Cause all the labels and stuff are created through me. So we don't have like random people putting in for labels and, you know, them just kind of having to assume that that was part of the raffle. Right. It's, it's done through me and then I send it to people. So yep. that's been working out well. Um, I have sort of a list of some people like organizations that, we had planned on doing snakes and stogies raffles for in the past as well. So I'll have to go back and look at my spreadsheet for that. Cause I think one was like the King Cobra conservancy. Um, I'm always happy to, to do stuff for the Asclepius snake bite foundation. Um, there was a couple on there. I'll have to go back and look, but yeah, either way, it's awesome because it's such an easy way to raise money for, for stuff. And, so far with with all the raffles and fundraisers we've done they've they've done well like yeah. you know it wasn't like we were just giving them you know 150 bucks because that's all we could get like it's been a lot of money and i've actually been keeping track of the snake stogies raffles we've done 
keeping track of the totals of what we raised and been like adding that up and seeing that and stuff like that. So it's pretty cool. But yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's fun. It's good. Works out. Yeah. So we will make it happen again. And I'll start. Uh, yeah. I'll start thinking about when I want to get one together. What's what is it right now? It's mid March, right? It is calendar yeah. right there. Um, so maybe, maybe June, June might be a good time. It's kind of tough because the like the shipping weather too. Like we have people that are waiting to ship animals because the people who won them are in places where it's still snowing. And then we had like this week where it was like 80 last week. And then for whatever reason, this week it's like 40 at night. Yeah. Really weird, like complete. I thought we were done with cold weather for sure because yeah, everything had right, been so nice. Right when I get my motorcycle. And then all of cold. a sudden, it's like, nope, we're going back yeah. to winter for a week. So, dude, we should do a raffle. We can call it the Daytona Beer Fund raffle to raise money for beer. Yeah, for Daytona. Everybody drinks for free. <laughs> I mean, that was a joke, but. Oh man, mm. Smitty Corn Snake Raffle. Yeah, I mean, I I want to be able to produce like rhinos and stuff that I can put into these things, man. Yeah, yeah, that'd be awesome. But either way, yeah, it's been a hell of a five years. Yeah, thank you all for everybody. The, yeah, it's been it's just been weird, man. Like I never thought. If you would have told me five years ago we'd have a dedicated following of, you know, however many people and we grew this group of friends and group chats and made all the all the relationships that we have, you know, I would have been like, yeah, okay. Like if you told me, you said in five years, you're still going to be doing the podcast, you're going to have a bunch of new friends and family and people you love. Yeah, I would have said you're full of shit, but. Here we are. I never thought it would come to this, but hey, I'm not complaining, man. It's been it's been awesome. It's been above and beyond what I ever expected when you first approached me about starting a podcast. Never would have thought. I mean, either. it's um, it's been awesome, man. It's become such an awesome part of the week. Yeah, you know snakes and stogies and stuff and and this and corn stars like it's it's always been something that i've you know i look forward to and it's a nice way to sort of get the get the nerdiness out you know <laughs> yeah i'll still never i'll st i'll never forget when you first brought up brought it up to me i said what would we talk about you said the stuff we talk about every day Yep. We'll just record it. And I was like, okay. Guess we'll give it a shot. <laughs> Anybody you yeah. want to have on? Like who is like like oh, you geez. get like three people that we have not had on before, but you want like they're like what I like our white whales as we call them. Like I don't even know, man. It'd be a long shot, but like, and obviously I don't think this would ever actually happen, but I would love to get somebody like Dan Maleri on, you know, 
I don't really ever see that happening. He was just but... on Project Herpeticulture. Oh, was he? Oh, yeah. that's right. He was. I did see that. I have to listen to that episode still. Yeah. You know, I'd like to get somebody like him on. You know, I think that would be a really cool educational episode. Um, other than Jay Brewer. No, I'm just kidding. Oh, <laughs> I couldn't help myself. I couldn't help myself. Um, other than that, I mean, dude, it's that's so hard. That's such a hard question to answer because we've had so many good. Even if it's someone that you don't so think it could people. ever, it, it could, it could never happen. I don't even know right off the rip. Yeah, you know, like I said, you know, DM would be amazing. Um, I don't know. What about you? Um, so Leslie Boyer is pretty much at the top of that list. I've talked to her about coming on in the past. It's been a minute. Probably need to circle back to that. She's um, a doctor who deals in a lot of snake bite and venomous stuff, especially out West. Um, she's just, she's, she's cool. She was in the venom interviews and she seems like she'd be really, really, really interesting yeah. to talk to. Um, something I'm super curious about. And when I, like when we, if we ever get her on, when we get her on, whatever that might be. Um, I really am super curious in terms of like how comorbidities affect snake bite. So like me being diabetic now, like if I got bit, how does diabetes affect treatment for somebody? Like what does that change from someone who's, you know, quote unquote healthy, um, you know, things like that. Um, like sickle cell, yeah. just there's all kinds of, of weird things that that aren't uncommon that people have. Um, that yeah, I just wonder I would, about how it would affect snake bite treatment. I would even be curious about like if somebody has like some type of like skin cancer, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? If it would affect the site, you know, worse. or if it would even cause it to spread to right. like lymph nodes and get yeah. in the lymphatic system and stuff. I don't, I don't know. Yeah, so that'd she's, be a good one. She's at the at the top of the list currently. Um, Kristen Wiley from Kentucky Reptile Zoo. Um, I've mentioned it to her, I think, once or twice. Need to kind of circle back there. Yeah. Um, Mark O'Shea. Yeah, that would be cool. He would be a. He would be a good one. There's a lot of people overseas, man. Like whether it's the UK, Europe, or Australia, that I would love to have on, but the time zone thing and like yeah. scheduling that is just so tough. Yeah, it's a nightmare. But it's not something that we can schedule for like you know a weekend. Yeah, and that's what time, it would have to know? have do be is like a Saturday at like ten in the morning for us to be yeah, able to get no, someone I mean, where it's like three o'clock, you know, in the UK right. or, or whatever. So nah, it's definitely not impossible. It's just one of those no. things that just requires a little extra work, which yeah. you know we don't mind doing, but not at all. Um, who else? I know I've got a couple more, more carpet people. There's already enough carpet people. (laughs) Kohler's on the list. I definitely wouldn't mind having Kohler on. Have we not had Kohler on? We haven't. Why have we not had Kohler? I don't know. We need to get Kohler on, dude. I love that guy. Hit him up. Yeah, I'll hit him up. Uh, I definitely want to have have Jew Lander on again at some point. Yeah, absolutely. 
Um, that, that was a fun episode. I remember the episode we did with Julander. That was, he's such a down to earth guy, man. Yeah. He's so cool. Yeah. Um, I definitely want to get Roy on again. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we've had him on before, but I definitely want to. Matt most. Yeah. Matt, man, Matt's one of those guys where like, we've had him on, I think once, maybe twice. But I feel like we never really get to like cover everything. Right. Just like when we have Rob on, like when we have Bobby Pebbles on. <laughs> we never, <laughs> never get to enough stuff. Oh, There's always God. so many more questions by the time we're done than what I <laughs> went in with. And I just want to live inside their brains. Bobby Pebbles. Bobby Pebbles, man. <laughs> it's the name I gave him when we were in Texas. <laughs> Called him Bob Rocks. I was like, what about Bobby Pebbles? <laughs> uh, Philippe. Oh, God. Devos Jolie, I think is how you pronounce his last name. He'd be a good one. Yeah. Um, Ron St. Pierre. Yeah. He's, I think the only reason we haven't had Ron on or asked him about it yet is just because there was a point where he was on a couple podcasts, sort of like in quick succession of one another. And usually when that's the case, when someone's sort of making that circuit, um, I typically want to give them a couple weeks to to ask them to come on. And then I kind of, I want to, anytime that happens, I want to try and right, sort of you bring wanna, questions to the table that they didn't just right, answer on the other side. You don't want to you know, bring so. just a duplicate be, of some, what yeah. somebody just did. So, um, <clears throat> Ron's definitely up there. Chuck Poland, he's, he's on the list. I've, I've, Put the bug in Chuck's ear a couple times. Scheduling's just been tough there. Um, man, there's just the list goes on and on. Yeah, you know. So. And if y'all have any suggestions on people, feel free to message either one of us. And Doug Hodel, he's another one. I don't see that's I like those are the the people that are especially for snakes and doggies in particular, since that's become sort of more of a venomous centric kind mm-hmm. of show. Like, I really feel like we need to start swinging for the fences more yeah, and get more high caliber, like professional sector people on yeah. that show. Trump Bauer. Yeah. Yeah. Trump Bauer would be cool. I would love to get him on. Oh, um, we had Tony D. Yeah, we on corn, corn stars. stars. Corn stars. Did you listen to that? Yes. I want to get him on again. Yeah, I think after I that I episode, me and in. Chris were like, "Dude, we got to get him on again." Like, I'm flaking on this on the guy's name. Why can't he vends? He vends with Tony D. Old school guy. Why can't I? And Craig Trumpauer, like he has a table with them. Uh, they every year. Howie Sherman. Howie Sherman. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I would like to get Howie on. Yeah. Pick his brain. That's He's a cool one. dude. I always go over their table and talk with them. They have no idea who I am, but I just talk about field herping with him. <laughs> it's awesome. Um, Star Wars roundtable with Phil. Rob Nimmo would be a good one. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's all kinds of, of people, you know. Have we not had Jeremy on? Turgeon? Yeah. We haven't. We need to get him on mm-hmm. for an episode. Because we've had Rob, haven't we? 
Did we? He was on an episode of Snakes and Stogies. Oh, Snakes and Stogies. Well, we need to get both of them on. Like combined now with all the shows, we're over like 300 episodes, so it's hard to yeah kind of keep track of them all. We need to get um, Rob. Bruce Means was a big one for me too. I'd absolutely love to have him on. Yeah, that'd be that'd be really good. Yeah. Yeah. So if any, if you have like, if you've got people, send them our way. Like, yeah. say hey, hit up, you know, Bobby Pebbles or whoever, <laughs> and uh, we will do our best to make that happen. So yeah, always down for suggestions. That's right. But this episode and so many other episodes moving forward and of THP's past were brought to you by blackboxcages.com. Check them out. Facebook, Instagram, all that good stuff. Um, I do, as far as videos go, I am going to start getting people lined up for the five questions segment again because I really enjoy doing those. So... And try and get back in the habit of I think what I'm gonna start doing is like doing those in batches and then like releasing them like almost doing them in like a season yeah. kind of setup uh, and then dropping those sort of as we go so yeah we'll see um, you know time it's a lot lot going on between network stuff and personal collection and family yeah. and work and things like that so I gotta fit it in where I can that's what she said Oh and, my god. Uh, you can fit it in anywhere, buddy. Oh, it's that little. <laughs> um blackboxcages.com, check them out. You need a rack, you need a cage. Put THN and this is a discount code at checkout. Save yourself a little bit of money. Yep. Um, hey, you like to use racks, perfect. They've got some awesome racks. Hey, you like to use cages, perfect. They've got some awesome cages. Uh can't wait to get my hands on the stuff that I have coming from them, especially that Persinum setup that I got to start mapping out a little bit. Uh, got to get some bamboo for that bad boy lined up. And um, it's going to be good. And then Steve mm-hmm. Snakeshore and Venom Hot Sauce. Check that out, stevesnakeshore.com. Hit him up. Get some of that hot sauce. Help Steve out. He's doing really, really, really good work. Public outreach. I think he just did a post where he either picked up from somebody or someone brought to him a couple of boas and a retic that were looking like they were in pretty rough shape. So it's going to be interesting to see how he gets those turned around. Cause you know, he will. Oh yeah. He always does. It's just always, it's wild to see like some of these animals, man, that come into rough shape and you see the progression of like yeah. getting them back on track. And it's pretty, yeah. pretty amazing how resilient some of these things are. So, but thank you all for an amazing five years. Yeah, half a decade thank you all for an amazing half a decade you know much love to everybody that listens to our banter every week and we wouldn't be here without you guys so we love you thank you